Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Whoa, we are almost at the middle of February, and we are definitely in the week of love. It is Valentine's week, and it is that time of love, not just romantic love, but self-love and big love. So often we think about love being that soft and tender and gentle place, but at times that love must be fierce. It must be something that is powerful and bold and truthful, and it is something that is rising up from so many at this time. Today's show is going to be powerful and I'm delighted to introduce you to my guest. But first I want to mention that the February issue of 1111 Magazine is up. It is always free. I invite you to explore it. It is a celebration of love and so many of the voices that have come through 1111 Magazine over the years and their powerful experiences and expressions of love. So definitely check that out at 1111mag.com. The Fierce Feminine's mission is twofold. Not only does she intend to address and rebalance the powers that govern the planet by making sure every habitat has the right to thrive and that equilibrium is maintained, but also she will apply the same rigorous methods to fully balance and harmonize our own minds. Her journey is an inner and outer one. What we imagined is up ahead for the planet will be the same for our own brains. We will not be the spectators of this massive global cleanup campaign, but participants ourselves. We can have this the easy way by surrendering to these truths, or we will experience it the hard way by resisting the inevitable and having it forced upon us. Change is coming, and balance shall prevail. This is from Anaya Sophia's latest book, Fierce Feminine Rising. Heal from Predatory Relationships, and Recenter Your Personal Power. Anaya is a, an alumni of 1111 Talk Radio. She has been here several times before with many of her other wonderful books. She is a mystic author and teacher of Kundalini Yoga, and she teaches workshops throughout the world and is known for her role in the creation of a mystical temple dedicated to the Sophia Isis Magdalene lineage, where women and men come to heal and receive embodied gnosis. The author of Sacred Sexual Union and co-author of Womb Wisdom, she lives in the Aceton region of southern France. So welcome, Anaya, back to 1111 Radio. It's so wonderful to have you here. Thank you, Simran. It's, yeah, it's absolutely delightful to be back. Yeah, it feels like sisters coming back together after a while yeah. and sharing stories. And this particular story is a fierce one because we are at a time of the Dark Mother. We are at a time when... There is so much rising within, not just in women, but also in men. I think we should start out first talking about what the Fierce women, Feminine is and why she's here now. Well, I think the first thing I want to clear up is that the Fierce Feminine is not an angry bitch. It is not a flow of anger and resentment and revenge. It is really, really clean. And and I often refer to it as sacred rage because it is a power that has been silenced or politely put away or discarded under the carpet. It rises up to defend those that cannot defend themselves. 
It is often on behalf of animals, children, the planet, the ecosystem, the environmental crisis. And even if it appears as if this sacred rage is going in the direction of a person, it is never to harm that person. It's to always hold that person in dignity and with elegance, but simply challenge in an almighty way perhaps the actions of that person. As you're speaking, the image that I'm getting is is something shooting up, but equally shooting down. And what it feels like you're talking about is the deep and utter heartbreak that we experience. And that can come in a lot of different ways. But it is that bottomless pit of heartbreak where we are just melting into that womb of, of you know, what have we done and, and yes. how have we ended up here? And you talk about... Um, 13 sorrows of the world that you carry. And and that's profound because I think we each carry our own spears that pierce our hearts. That's right. Um, And then you talk about the 13 rivers of grief that flow from them. Speak a little bit um, about that, maybe not specifically, or you can, about, you know, what those are, but more so that, that, that idea of, of the piercing spears of the heart and the rivers of grief that flow from them. Well, I feel, again, the fierce feminine within us has the capacity and the depth to actually examine those sorrows of the world. So within the book, there are 13 of mine. I'll just mention one, which is the Yulin Dog Meat Festival. So this is a festival where dogs are captured and gathered in China, in a Provence in China, and burnt and tortured and going through all kinds of mutilation so that their meat is tender by the time the people eat it. So that's that's one of mine. And the fierce feminine, now the young girl in me wouldn't want to look at that, wouldn't want to look at that imagery, wouldn't want to read those articles and certainly would not want to see it eye to eye because as a young girl, I don't have that capacity. It's too much. It's it's too wide. But the fierce feminine within me, well, she would walk straight up to where that dog is being burnt by a blowtorch and simply say in such a way that the person with the blowtorch would put that blowtorch down. And of course, the mind scrambles with, well, yeah, but what could you say? What could you possibly do? This is the um, Chinese culture. And the fierce feminine says, I know exactly what to say. But it's probably a language that we haven't dared inhabit yet. You know, what you're touching on is, is something that's, that's very powerful, particularly as we look at a spiritual community, because for so long, it was about light work. And, and, and it was about, you know, seeing, seeing only the light and spreading only certain messages and trying to keep everyone uplifted in a vibration. But in doing that, uh, there is a level of apathy and indifference that is being taken on, which is a very dark shadow. Yes. And if we in the light work community do that, then, then we can't really judge those in, in, in the average world in doing that. And so there is this place where we we have to be willing to see what's going on, but yet we also merge it with the tools and the principles and the ideas of love that we do know about. How did you how do you merge that little girl as well as that fierce feminine? Or is there not a merge that has to take place and you have to let the other take over? 
Well, for me, my emergence was the uh, my menopause years. <laughs> just as I was speaking to you before we went live, you know, I've just recently turned 50 and my my journey into the menopause began when I was 42, 43. And this, this initiatory phase in womankind really is a massive gateway. I do believe we have a choice. We either take the gateway and we allow the, the catalyst, the, the cathartic transformational process to have us completely. We don't fight it. We just lay back and say, make me real. Or we can hold on with white knuckles. But unfortunately, I believe that will turn us into a bitter, dry personification of what must come next. And what came for me was the sacred rage, was the fierce feminine, and that I'm just not going to lay down anymore and take this. And allowing myself to access these new ways of expressing. And if I may give another example, the the great series on Netflix, uh, Messiah. Yes. We we see the, the young guy, uh, not the Messiah, the other one um, on on the side of the Israeli border. He has lost all computable ways of being able to speak to the Israeli soldiers and say, I am hungry, I am thirsty, please give me food and water. So he has exhausted the usual ways of corresponding with another person. So he just gets naked and shows his starved body and walks right up to that fence and walks past the Israeli soldiers. Now that is a classic fierce feminine, I feel, embodiment. Because no one, no one, no one is going to stop that. You can't stop that. It's too pure. It's too fierce. It's too real. Mm, and that's, that's a powerful example. Yes, a very powerful example of that. And anyone that's not watched that, I highly recommend watching that series. With you saying that, Anaya, what is the fierce feminine and what is not the fierce feminine? How, how can you help us to understand the distinctions between the two? I feel the fierce feminine is never defending herself. The self might be included, but it is not the primary source. The fierce feminine, feminine is talking about a much wider, a much more horizontal representation of a bunch of people or beings, animal, trees, that are under a serious threat. It is real. It is happening. And that this action must not be allowed to happen. So I feel she's the voice of the undefended. She's the voice of the voiceless, the voice of the paralyzed, the the voice of the meek, the the voice of the afraid. It's never her and her issue or his and his issue. There is always a sense of victorious um, light to the cause. You you just know you're fighting the good fight, even though you're not fighting. <laughs> but that's just the way of, of saying it. It feels good. It feels right. It feels like there is a yes in your victory cry. When it's not the fierce feminine, you will feel your own anger 
regurgitating. You'll hear those old voices on the inside saying, yeah, I did well there or that put them in their place. And they'll think twice about questioning or challenging me again. So the ego is around when it's not really the fierce feminine. I think that for me is is how I notice it within myself. Now, I know you speak a lot to women, but when we're talking about the fierce feminine, we're not just talking about women. This is this is an expression of men or women. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And that's why I use that um, example of the guy from Messiah. It's a feminine presence because it's pretty fluid. It's it's definitely wild. It's out of the box. It has not been formulated or regulated, and it's not linear. And to the masculine mind, it's very, very frightening because it is unpredictable, spontaneous. And um, when it rises, you just got to go with it. But I would say, you know, have a little double check. Make sure you, you're not pointing the finger at one person in particular and trying to hurt them and bring them down. It, um, it's got to be much wider than that. It's a, it's a wide screen. It is not out to harm anyone, even the worst of the worst. You know, when the, the fires were happening in Amazon, it's not about going to that Brazilian prime minister and taking his head off, because <laughs> that, that's just more of the same. When we look at some of the issues that you're talking about and we look at how the fierce feminine would express and display, this is not a a quick journey or a short haul. This is oftentimes going to be something that is required to have the long haul. And it might often also have those that stand but end up also being the sacrifice, their very identity being the sacrifice to the cause. Yes, Yes. Yeah, that's that definitely carries the hallmarks of of such a presence. And when it's in that situation, so often it can feel like this endless fight, even though it's not a fight. It it can feel like you're you're giving way to something that never really has a resolution. So some may ask, then why why bother? Why bother that continuous sacred rage if this is going to be this ongoing uh, continuous thing that's taking place that we don't really even know if it has an end? What would you say to them? I would, well, for me at this time, why bother? I would say, first of all, just allow the mind to really take a journey about what's real and what's not real and start to get informed with what is really happening on the planet and the kinds of deals that are happening within our politics, with our policing system, with our medicinal system, the pharmaceutical industry. First of all, we have to take the scales away from our eyes because I think why bother? That's coming from a place where perhaps you've been heavily sedated by the by the matrix, by the the world program to stay comfortable and not know. I believe we have to know. And then when we've dealt with our emotions around knowing, then 
perhaps some of us who were born to access this energy will be propulsed and propelled by this energy because where else can we go? More of the same means extinction. That, that's how I feel. That's, that's how I talk to myself. Seva Preeth says it beautifully. You thought you were calling something beautiful, a goddess with sex-tossed hair and skin that glowed with, like the moon. But you called Laloba. You called Baba Yaga. You called Inanna. You called Hikat. You called Pele. You called Kalima. You called the crone. You <laughs> called the dark goddess to you. She is the one that walks with the sword and flame. Her face and hands are stained with blood and dirt. The earth shakes when she moves. The ocean swells. You thought she would set you free. You thought she would give you power. You thought she would help you find something of yourself you lost. Perhaps you did not know that first she would turn you to ash. First she would have to destroy everything that you think you are. And when she arrives, most who called her forth will run away in fear. They will take back their prayers and wish they'd never seen her face. Only a few will stop, turn towards her, and in that secret place of their heart, whisper, take me. After a millennia of suppression, the fierce feminine or dark mother is making a dramatic resurgence to express our universal outrage. She is rising collectively now, and many women and men are feeling a welling up of sacred rage inside, a calling to set things right in our own lives and seek justice for those who can't defend themselves. I invite you to explore Anaya Sophia's work, particularly her new book, Fierce Feminine Rising, Heal from Predatory Relationships and Recenter Your Personal Power. She's a mystic author and teacher of Kundalini Yoga, teaches throughout the world, and is known for her creation of the mystic temples. Uh, she, in addition, has created her own line of clothing and also hosts many types of retreats and uh, has written numerous other books, including Open Your Heart with Kundalini, Womb Wisdom, Sacred Sexual Union, and The Rose Knight. You can find out more about Anaya Sophia at AnayaSophia.com. Her website link is in the description box of the show below. We'll be right back after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships? 
more empowered community, greater fulfillment, and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back. My guest is Anaya Sophia, and she has written multiple books that are quite powerful. I invite you to check out her work and her website. She will be conducting a tour in the U.S. and Canada in August and September of 2020, so you want to definitely check her out and and see her whenever she's coming near you. You can find out more about that as well as her books and all of her other work at AnayaSophia.com. Cultivating awakening is a vulnerable process and it must be treated with reverence and care. The great work of the soul is to gather all the divergent parts together and forge them into an undivided unity. The only other person who could possibly walk this journey with us is someone sincerely on the path or someone a little farther ahead. The hallmarks of being ahead can only be compassion, joy, and encouragement. Manipulation, accusation, judgment, fear, superiority, and arrogance are dead giveaways that your guide is a masquerader. Your spiritual guide is only there to serve your authentic awakening and to remind you of the power of who you are, including the power of your discernment. This is from Anaya's book, Fierce Feminine Rising. So I definitely invite you to check it out. I want to go back um, to what we were talking about in regard to some of the things that break our hearts. And, and these things can happen on a daily basis. These are things that we can find out that we didn't even know existed. But the ways in which the media portrays things or the ways that even our communities and conversations happen, we don't always have the big picture or the story in terms of how things are so interconnected and how we are a part of all of what is going on, which is why it's so crucial for each one of us to recognize our personal responsibility, whether it is to acknowledge it or to speak up about it or to write about it or whatever way our soul is guiding us to. You were talking about a story that's appearing today in the news, Anaya, and I think it would be a wonderful example of how how the, the story kind of loses the interconnection of how we all play a role. Would you share that with us? Absolutely. I've been noticing this one um, all over the social media platforms today of a um, pickup truck in India dumping huge amounts of raw rubbish into the ocean. 
and it's coming from like a little drone. So it really looks like a fly on the wall, you know, bit of investigative journalism. And of course, everybody is outraged at India for for their ignorance at, at dumping this rubbish straight into the water. But what we don't know and what is being concealed from us is that this rubbish, huge tons of this stuff, is being sent from the West over to India, over to even Australia. Nuclear waste is sent to Australia from the West. For this country, this poor country with a weaker infrastructure to get rid of, which of course they can't get rid of it. That's why it was sent there in the first place. And that's what I mean about we have to become informed. But of course, the system is giving us little peanuts like sex and food and and beauty and vanity and fitness just to keep us all compliant and comfortable. And when humans are comfortable, they are very reluctant to actually go that extra mile to become informed, let alone to become active and, and on purpose in some way. So, yeah, yeah there's another, that's my 14th sorrow of the world. <laughs> now, <laughs> you, talk, in the book. you yes, talk about in the book something called the dark agenda, and, and, and you kind of alluded to that just now with what you were saying. Speak a little bit and introduce my audience to the dark agenda. Well, as strange as it may seem, I'm not actually a conspiracy theorist at all. But I, even my mind, which isn't really on this track, I can start to grasp that since the First and Second World War was, there has been a growing percentage of certain families um, becoming what we're now calling the one. And these families are very encouraging to the rest of us to stay unaware and to just keep letting it go, letting it go of the ways these families operate. And so this is what I call the dark agenda. This is what I refer to as the matrix. There is an agreement. There is an unspoken agreement that we're all sort of silently saying yes to. And I think I I would just leave it there read for yourself in the book or in other sources we're starting to see little cracks appear recently um of course jeffrey epstein prince andrew you know our british monarchy is starting to come into view the actual quality of the people in this royal family the kind of things they get up to the kind of value system that they actually have not what the media portrays we're seeing it now and I'm sure you totally understand what I mean whether it's this side of the pond or or where I am we're starting to see who is really making the decisions the people in the postures of power are not really clean and aligned and connected to the whole of life and This is being seen, and this is what is being challenged and dismantled now. And these these are the kinds of things that, or or families or groups that are guiding war-making industries and overproducing or 
the mind numbing and the addiction feeding. It is, it is so much about, you know, they, they also fight the very things that supposedly are being perpetuated, but yet they're also the creator of it. And we can look at the opioid crisis or all manner of things, sex trafficking. It's, it's all part of it, but it's, yes. it's the illusion. It's the game. And that's where it's important for us to become more aware. And that breaks yes. our hearts. It makes us want to turn away. It makes us want to cry out. Khalil Gibran says, out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. And the dark night unfolds in those places, but it's so hard to be in the dark night. Most people don't want to go through the dark night nor stay there. And yet there is a value in that um, in itself. I know from my own personal experience, sometimes the things that we don't seemingly feel like we can shift in the world that seems so much bigger than us, there's a level of presence we can bring to the dark night that actually does support that shift. Have you found that to be your experience? And can you talk a little bit about how the dark night, as you write, is an alive and kicking spiritual death process? Oh, absolutely. Um, now, the other side of the dark night, um, I can see how that sequence of events was actually a presence. It was a presence, it was a loving presence, it was a fierce presence, and it's now something I'm calling the dark mother. The dark mother literally had me in her grasp. It was as if she had both her hands on my shoulders and she said I'm not letting you go until you get through this you have to drop your naivety you have to shatter the idea that that person didn't really mean it and there is no wickedness within them she, she took me like a little rag doll and just kept shaking and shaking and shaking until I I guess mature and And I feel we're going through a global dark night now as a species. So the whole of humanity has her hands on our shoulders and we are being shaken awake. And she's literally saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. And perhaps wake up and feel. Wake up and open your heart. Be Be aware, be alive and present to what is happening. Mm, I love how you write. This is a passage within your book, Fierce Feminine Rising. It is this heartbreak that shatters the masks and pretense and sends us straight into spirit as we plunge into an existential crisis. And this is good because now we are in the terrain of genuine spiritual transformation. Uh, It's so true and so powerful. You had some wise words for the dark night. So if someone is approaching that, if they found themselves amidst in it, immersed in it, what is it that you can tell them about the dark night and the dark mother? Well, I can absolutely say to these, this person, these people, the dark mother has come for you because it is time and you have agreed that this time is now. And this grueling, painful process is to take you to a place inside of yourself where you have placed your treasure, your wisdom, your awakefulness, the person you 
have already agreed to become at this time. So this is a fierce force of tough love. But you have agreed. You have agreed to take this journey now. At the end of it will be a piece of yourself that changes everything forever. The person who enters the dark night is not the person who comes out the other side. And you will be more loving. You will have greater depth. You will have tremendous discernment. And you will be awake. Mm -hmm. You also go into healing the soul sorrow. And so much of what we're feeling today has to do with the heartbreak of the world. But I have to believe it's also this deep sorrow that has been within our souls for so long. You talk about sacred wounds and how they're caused by a spiritual trauma or existing crisis that has involved some sort of sort of loss and betrayal. Grief is such a powerful part of this process, and it is it is the very place the sacred tears that that fall are the very cleansing and anointing that help to open us up. Talk a little bit about. Um, the spiritual betrayal of leaving things undone or broken and unattended and how that broken trust then continues to expand to epic proportions. Mm. Well, the first part I'd like to to, um, reply to is with the sacred wounds. This is just my theory. I have absolutely no proof to back up what I'm saying. But I can't help feeling that the archetypes are evolving with us as we go through this global dark night. And that is when we will see these big epic dramas, these real soul scars being opened in our own story And I believe the archetypes are playing themselves out through the human drama because they too are willing to offer up their template, their program to also be freed to not be the same old archetype anymore. Perhaps this new world, this new paradigm we're going into will not have these classical archetypes as part of a living structure around us. We may be a brand new, fresh, virgin human yet to create archetypes or not. (laughs) But if we are to have a new set of archetypes they certainly won't be the old classics from ancient rome and egypt and greece and and if there are archetypes and that is a great big we will be creating them fresh and anew in in alignment with this higher consciousness and so you know when they come into our human dramas and by Golly, we are searing with pain and suffering because it's not just us. It's the archetypal program as well. Then, yes, we must must give over all of the self to this grief-laden process. And just remember, there is more to this than meets the eye. Perhaps Mm -hmm. I am grieving an archetype that has been with my family line for centuries. 
Mm -hmm. Rumi says, sorrow prepares you for joy. It violently sweeps everything out of your house so that new joy can find space to enter. It shakes the yellow leaves from the bow of your heart so that fresh green leaves can grow in their place. It pulls up the rotten roots so that new roots beneath have room to grow. Whatever sorrow shakes from your heart, far better things will take their place. Offering a much-needed perspective, advice, and tools for channeling the righteous energy and sacred rage of the divine feminine, Anaya Sophia explains how to distinguish the fierce feminine from personal anger and reveals how it is not a feminist movement set to publicly condemn all that is masculine, but a collective spiritual uprising for the greater good of humanity. She shares constructive practices drawn from Eastern tradition to help you embody the courage of the fierce feminine to heal from predatory relationships and traumatic experiences, recenter your personal power, and gain control of your sacred rage rather than allowing it to control you. She details sacred sexuality exercises, including those with a yoni egg, to clear the womb after lovemaking and dispel any energetic imprint left by an ex-partner. Anaya Sophia provides instructions to gain access to the primordial wisdom within that is the untapped portion of the female brain, Embrace your inner Kali and personally deal with sorrow and anger. Through this passionate step-by-step guide to comfort your spiritual anguish and dispel the helplessness of not knowing what to do, Anaya encourages those who feel the call of the fierce feminine to embrace their sacred mission and allow it to rebalance the powers that govern the planet as well as harmonize your minds. When we allow the justice of the fierce feminine to flow within us, we each become an active participant in the embodiment of change. You can find out more about Anaya Sophia, her upcoming tour in the U.S. and Canada in August and September of this year, along with some of her other books, such as Sacred Sexual Union and Womb Wisdom, at her website, AnayaSophia.com. We'll be right back to discuss more Fierce Feminine Rising right after these messages. want more more joy more abundance more power and presence how would it feel to have more loving relationships more empowered community greater fulfillment and life purpose the 1111 mastermind community inspires empowers guides and supports transformation shift your mind expand your heart deepen insights let go and chart a new course dream a new dream The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. 
People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. The myth of relationships is twofold. For the unconscious masculine, it's the search for varied sex. For the unconscious feminine, it's the search for true love and the happily ever after. Neither of these fantasy projections exist. They are simply designed to keep us busy, distracted, and entertained. These insidious, widely accepted, alien-generated ideas have hoodwinked generations for centuries in the East and the West, yet we still continue to believe them, handing over our power to ideas that are not even our own. This is from Fierce Feminine Rising. Heal from predatory relationships and recenter your personal power by Anaya Sophia. You can find out more about her and all of her work at AnayaSophia.com. Anaya, I want to um, talk a little bit about the different wounds. You you go into a bit of the fallen angel wound um, that I'd love for you to discuss a little bit of, but then you also go into an area where you discuss many of the other types of archetypal wounds that exist. Speak a little bit about how those play out. Well... The two main archetypes that have played out in my life have been the fallen angel wound and the high priestess wound. And and that is something I lived in relationship. I was not the fallen angel. (laughs) I was the high priestess. Uh, With the fallen angel wound, these people are brilliant they are charismatic they possess they do possess a certain light that is um incredible to behold they make your classical um spiritual or tantric guru teacher they're not a regular teacher they will definitely classify themselves as a as a catalyzing change or a guru and the frustrating thing is that they do have this presence but also they have the shadow side of that presence, which is the belief that they don't need or ever will cry out to God for anything because they are the typical Lucifer. They, they have fallen, therefore they dare not ask for help. There's that, that arrogance, I guess. And I have seen that one so much in these last years. You know, when we think of all the oustings of certain spiritual teachers on the online media platforms 
that to me is the fallen angel. And it's so frustrating because there is something that is so brilliant and so powerful. But in the end, it always destroys it. And so the high priestess sacred wound is this tremendous guilt that in the past, she or, or he, the high priest, has done something awfully, terribly, dreadfully wrong. And that we are here to, to make things right again. And so what we can do there is we can ignore our red flags. We can ignore the voice of wisdom or intuition that says, pull out, get out here. Now is not the time. Uh, danger. Because this guilt, you see, is so massive that we just cast it to one side and keep going forward because we've got to put it right. We've got this lifetime. We must put it right this time. And so if you get a fallen angel and you put them together with a high priest or high priestess, (laughs) then you have the perfect setting for one hell of an epic drama. Mm. (laughs) In, in your book, you have a section that is on narcissists, psychopaths, and sociopaths. Yes. Do, is the fallen angel in that category, or are those distinctly something different? No, I would say, yes, each archetype has, has a certain amount of those tendencies. Fallen angel, I would say, would be a classic narcissist psychopath. Sociopath, that's something much, much different. That's um, Those characters are, you know, what we might classify as more lowly. They have huge self-esteem issues and not at all comfortable in the social environment. Whereas the narcissist or psychopath is absolutely excelling in a social environment. They're, they have this amazing charisma and charm. But that's that's the hook. That's what gets... That's what gets you connected. And of course, narcissism is something that has also massively spiked in these last 10, 12, 15 years, which interestingly corresponds with the, the access to the internet or the access to, to, to technology. And no one actually can categorically say what narcissism is, is it something that we learn with behavior or is it something that we're born with? It, you know, there's still a lot of scratching of the head around, around this and yet it is massively increasing. And, and yet these relationships seem to show up to, to also serve some level of soul and spiritual growth for those that they encounter Yes, yes. They most definitely can do that, but they can also most definitely crush that other person so that they never rise again. There is a choice. Um, And I would say, you know, like we were speaking earlier, that around the dark night of the soul, we must, must, must keep choosing to learn from this and to grow and deepen and mature from this and realize there is a golden fleece in this dark and dangerous process and by golly we got to get it but at the center of it 
is self-love, is honor, is respect for the self. When we have a little dally, you know, with a, a dark magician or a fallen angel or a narcissistic spiritual tantra teacher, the greatest lesson we will probably walk away with is discernment. But mm. we, we are in a real dangerous psychic place i think it's coming forward very clearly to uh, on a more massive scale they may not talk about it in those terms um as as the dark force or the psychic uh scale but when we look at things like the harvey weinstein case or the jeffrey epstein uh, and some of the different things that are taking place we are looking at the predator and whether it's on that massive scale or whether it is the man or the woman in their own home dealing with a narcissist, a psychopath, or a sociopath, what are the ways that an individual can support themselves and yet also allow that fierce feminine to to not only protect themselves, but, but be that type of uh, power in the world where others can be protected by the same? Well, my only advice is very very simple and it's get out and it's it's even get out now right now whilst listening to this radio show because there is no you can't work it out you cannot learn to hear one if you're dealing with a a real predator uh, a real narcissist psychopath get out that's the only thing i can say and the fierce feminine will develop within you because even though you get out now, usually you haven't quite severed the relationship. You'll be still dealing with things at a distance. That is when the fierce feminine can rise within you and absolutely and categorically set pristine boundaries so that that person just simply does not interact with you anymore. But you'll never, 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 never do it in their company. Yes, they will only create the reaction from them and have them strike out in, yes. a, in, in a more forceful way. I think speaking our truth in the world is not always an easy thing. And so often, depending on where you are in the process and what system or structure you're dealing with, an individual can encounter resistance or judgment or hostility. Uh, any ideas or thoughts in terms of of how one should move through as they're learning to voice that powerful, fierce voice that is within them, uh, but they are still encountering the structures and the systems. When do you know to push forward and when do you know to hold back? When is it outer work and when is it inner work? I feel the greatest thing we can do is join with others to actually have a circle maybe a sisterhood I'm thinking feminine at the moment because that was what I I lived when it was just me having to access my voice all by myself it often didn't really do much but when I joined with others that was when the voice was getting heard and that was when I could turn back to my sister's for support, for for refuge, for sanctuary. Because when you do go out there and, and reveal some, 
something or speak out about something, by golly, you're going to get a backlash. You are going to be met by some very serious and frightening opposing forces. But when you can come home to your sisters, to your circle, and be with them and share your heart's tremors from from being this outrageous, this brave, and, and this victorious in many ways, then that beautiful human contact, that authentic human contact is like nectar. And you're able to go out and do it again all over, you know, all over again the following day. I do believe genuine, warm human contact, meeting you on that level that you need to be met upon is is what gives us the courage to do it. Mm. And as you're moving through that place of of reuniting with, with a circle of sisters or sharing that human contact, what is the role of the dark mother in that instant? Is that part of of that sisterhood or is that a more intimate and private interaction that takes place? No, no I feel that's also another face of the dark mother. That is, the, this is the, the part of her that, that is a shell. She is a refuge. She is that place that says, you know, come to me, child, for I can see that you are weary Rest in my dark arms. And when I imagine that part of her, she's like a warm cave. She's like a cave that already has a little fire going and some sheepskins and and, and a lovely blanket. And she's saying, come in from this mad, mad world. Lay your head down and I will take you into the darkness and restore you completely. And that is the level that the sisterhood needs to be on. We don't have to have daily and superficial conversation, but conversation that opens up refuge and kindness and comfort and all of those lovely treasures that maybe we haven't been so freely sharing recently. So it's a win-win situation. We're accessing new states of being constantly in this process. Mm. Do not be concerned about how your truth is received. What matters is that you speak it. Your duty is only to speak the truth and let the people decide what they want to do with it. Anaya Sophia's experience has told her that when we do come out and reveal the truth, there is often a strong sense of judgment in response, as there are always some people who simply do not want to hear what you're saying. They may be angry at raising the subject, feeling threatened by your words and the new position that you hold. There will, of course, be others who are grateful that you have finally found the courage to speak out because it's what they've suspected all along. This is from Fierce Feminine Rising. Heal from predatory relationships and recenter your personal power. You can find out more about Anaya Sophia at anayasophia.com. Check out this book, Fierce Feminine Rising, and while you're ordering it, definitely also get Sacred Sexual Union and Womb Wisdom. You'll enjoy all three. Again, you can find out more about her at AnayaSophia.com. Thank you, Anaya, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. It is a pleasure, as always. Until next week, in love, of love, with love, and as love, I am Simran. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. 
Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.